What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the hardworking happy hour. I'm Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we'll be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. All right, Sean, you ready to start? Oh, have I never been ready? I mean, have I ever <laughs> been more ready? Of course I'm ready to start. Let's get this started. Get this show on the road. Happy Friday. Get it started. Yay. It is Friday. It is Friday. Thank you for that matter of fact <laughs> statement of the day. Today is Friday and we are here and we're here to bring you bring you a little bit of good cheer and some some knowledge. Not knowledge. Knowledge is not the right word. <laughs> we're just here to talk and hang so out wait, with what you. What were we calling it? Um, remember we thought of a word? For what? Um... Oh, God, what was it? For what we do? Oh, this is going to bother me now. Like for when we present theories that we're just thinking about. Like we're just presenting Uh, topics. We're not presenting knowledge. We're presenting topics for you to think about. Do you remember? I don't. I know. I remember. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Well, we'll think about it. Okay. It'll come to okay. us. It'll come to us. It'll come to us. Oh, dang. God, that was so good. <laughs> we, we even said when we said it, yeah. we're going to make it into a segment. Yeah. And we didn't. Ah, uh, anyway. Classic. All right. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. <laughs> uh, we're back. All right. So what are we going to get into this week? Or no, let's. Let's not let's, give away the, put the cart before chat. the horse. How was your, <laughs> how was your week? Well, let's 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 give people a synopsis of what we are going to be talking about because okay. I do think that it's important to let people know what they're getting themselves into for mm. the next hour, uh, and that is really thinking about bigger jobs versus smaller jobs and the allure that big jobs can have mm-hmm. versus smaller jobs having that one big ticket project versus a bunch of smaller ones. And I've got some new think, not new thinking around it, but. I I got some thoughts on it that uh, came up in my mind this week that I want to talk about. And then we're also going to talk about one big marketing strategy that we have been failing on. Yeah. Did you like how when I texted you the topics that I came up with, I wrote it out like a thumbnail? (laughs) You did. You did. It was dramatic. I still don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I said, he said, well, yeah, what was that about? And I was like, stay tuned. Yeah. So it's going to be a surprise for you. But uh, it's a big Big failure. Okay. So a failure. That is huge. <laughs> All right. So how was your week? Oh, it was good. How was yours? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's been raining. Oh my God. It's like you got the snow and then you got the rain. And I don't know. It, it creates the worst muddy <laughs> mess ever because you got the snow melt. Yeah. So you've got so much moisture there from the snow melting, then rain on top of it. Yep. It's horrible. It's such a mess. It's hard to do anything. And it's like... It is. The, when the snow was there, I wasn't slipping and sliding around. Now, that, that it's like just mud. It's a mud pit on yeah. the site. It's like you're just slipping all over the place. It's horrible. You are slipping all over the place and it's terrible. But uh, so we've been all, off and on because it's been raining like every day. So we've had a lot of days kind of off, um, mm-hmm. catching up on some office work and designs and all that kind of stuff. And brings us back to what we talked about last week. Try to enjoy it if you can. Try to enjoy it if you can. And you got a little bit of some slow time, you know, take care of those things that, you know, that just, you never get around to and uh, are important. And, and also just a little bit of, a little bit of rest. Yeah. A little bit of rest is important for everybody. Right. So uh, one thing that I really do want to get into right now is something that we were talking about before, but I want everyone to weigh in on this. So we need people to write in 
via the internet, not like a letter, but like, you know, message <laughs> us on letter, Instagram or whatever. Catherine's got five ducks. Hey, four ducks. Catherine's got four ducks. <laughs> this sounds like I'm, I'm starting like, a, it, yeah. like an elementary school math problem. Yep. <laughs> Each duck lays <laughs> eggs. About six eggs a week per duck. Well, one's a boy, so yeah. Oh, one's a boy. So you're getting roughly 18 eggs a week. She hasn't eaten any of the eggs. No, that's not true. Well, you only use them in baking. I've, I bake with them, but I have not eaten like a scrambled or hard boiled or fried or over easy egg. See, see, I think everyone that listens is going to agree with me here. What? That's that's why you got them. <laughs> but but they're 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 eating eggs in the household. Yes, eggs are being cooked in the household, <laughs> but they're from the store. That's that where my disconnect eggs. is. Does, yeah. Have you I, guys talked about, is, has there been, as at any point, I don't is think like, he knows we have ducks. Is he cooking <laughs> eggs and you're like, hmm, those smell good. You do know that we have an endless <laughs> supply of eggs every day, fresh from the source. Uh, yeah. You know what? I didn't think about it because it just, it's such a non-topic in our house because they're like pets. Like I don't like... Yeah, but they lay eggs that I you can know, eat. I know, I know, I know. And I got I them just, I got them because I was like, oh, it's great. They, I mean, I just like pets. I like having pets. So they were always going to be pets. Yes. But I did kind of use the selling point. Like, oh, they'll, you know, we get their eggs. Um, But yeah, once they started laying them, they lay so many. There's like, it's an All outrageous amount of them. eggs. <laughs> All the more reason. We are constantly with eggs. And they stay, they don't go bad for a long time if you, they care for them properly so it's like oh god that's just so what do you mean care for them properly like put them in the refrigerator um you can put them in the fridge but also they have a uh they have like a when they lay the eggs there's like a i forget what it's called but there's like a a film on the egg that you're not supposed to wash off and it makes them like last even longer oh um i feel like it's kind of a they're pretty clean but like the you know every once in a while i get a little bit of like some dirty poop on the on an egg when you're like getting it Right, you want to wash it. So then it. you want to wash it. So Yeah. So I do end up usually washing them pretty good unless they're like already clean. But anyway, nonetheless, Pat does when he goes food shopping, he does buy eggs. You guys <laughs> need to you guys need to communicate with each other. I I, I know he knows that you have ducks in the backyard. <laughs> he knows that those ducks he knows lay that eggs. There. Yeah. You're yeah, inundated know, with the know? surplus. The thing that's stressing you out the most is that you have so many eggs <laughs> and then you're bringing more eggs into the household. I know, I know. And that I, would be I, the first thing I would do. Like the eggs are ready. Let's, let's see what it tastes like. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking about, oh, they're like the same. They're just a little bit more rich and creamy. It's like yeah. even the more reason to eat the duck eggs. I know. I know, I that's know. That's your homework for the weekend. I want to know, know how the duck I eggs know. are. Okay, I'm going to do it this weekend. You promise? Yes, I will. I will eat the duck eggs. But And report back. Yeah, I can't believe it. I, you know, this has not even crossed my mind until we started talking about it. And now I'm like, I don't you understand. Know, why haven't we eaten the duck eggs? <laughs> I would see like. I was so thrilled. The excite, the elation that I had when my duck, like I had these ducks since they were two days old. Oh. And then I raised them. They don't lay eggs until they're like seven months old or so, depending on what breed they are. And uh, that first egg, you know, you go out every morning. You're like, today's the day. I can feel it. There's going to be an egg out there. And uh, they're, you know, you wait, you wait, you wait. Then you get one and it's like, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. And yeah. for, at first they're, they're figuring it out. They're laying them all over the place. You got to go on an Easter egg hunt to find where they lay the eggs. Okay. So it was always a fun little adventure. So 
that level of excitement that I had for those days where I was like so excited about those duck eggs, completely gone. Now I'm like, oh, geez, I got to go get these duck eggs. There's so many of them. What am I going to do with them? Can you just leave them out there? I'm not even eating them. If you Um, don't want them? Like for birds? mm, No. Birds won't eat eggs? Like regular birds wouldn't. And the birds that potentially would, like a hawk or something, that's like also a predator. And like uh, raccoons and possums and stuff, they'll eat the eggs, but you don't want them. You don't want to attract them. True. Okay. Good point. All so, right, well, but also I, I, now I, they're laying them in the coop, so it's like oh nice. They're not all over the yard. So did you have to train spot. them to do that? No, they just started doing it on their own. Oh, good ducks. Yeah. All right. Well, it's really been you know grinding my gears when I heard <laughs> about that. So I want a report on how how they taste. And after you've eaten what some, version? What version should I do? I think if you're think talking about the how the, you, you know, you said they're like a little bit more rich and creamy. I think yeah. that lends itself more to a scramble. To a scramble. I I, that's what well. I would okay. think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll try a scramble. I'll do a scramble. Try it out. Yeah. That seems like a good entry point. Maybe even cook some regular because you probably still have regular eggs in the fridge. From oh, the store. do like a blind taste test. That'd be exactly. fun. Okay. There you go. All right. Fun. Do that and get back to us. Okay. But uh, is that enough duck talk for today? Um, I we think could, so. We could I go on so. for hours. I, I could keep going. Talk all the talk about, about the they ducks. Are. They're different. They're all different. It has made me kind of <laughs> want to get some ducks. I know. I brought you the duck well, I catalog. Now. I got land. I got a catalog I got no poop, in the mail and I made sure to bring it. So, well, I thought maybe Max would just want to look at it too, but yeah. I brought it for you guys because I thought maybe you guys want some ducks. We will. We got to get settled a little more settled first, but then, then we'll start with oh, the animals. It's part of the settling. I guess Wait, so. Does anybody ever really feel settled? You know, just, you just got to do things. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> okay. I'm with it. All right. Well, Let's get into some of our some of our topics here. Oh, we're still doing that. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's get into some of those topics and what we Perfect. got for this week. I was really thinking about, uh, and I was thinking about it. I was thinking about the last couple days as I'm doing some designs. You know, we're we're working through sales for 2024, and you know, I started thinking about we haven't really done like small projects in quite a while. We did the backyard giveaway, which was, that was like barely even a small project. Mm-hmm. We just did it really quickly, but yeah. like that was on the smaller side. Um, and then we did one, the modern mini. That was kind of mm-hmm. small, but that still had a lot of features. Yeah. So like those like, I'd say two week and less projects. Like that's kind of what I'm classifying as a small job. Mm-hmm. And lately all of our projects are like eight weeks. You know, they have a roof Mm -hmm. structure. They have all this stuff going on. And it made me want to try to sell a couple smaller jobs for this year. And I really think that, like, we would be... If we just stuck with smaller jobs, we'd be more profitable. Yeah. Like, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times that can get lost on people. Like, you get sucked in by the allure of, oh, I'm doing this project that costs 200 grand. Uh, you know, I don't want to do a job that's 40,000. And what made me think about it was I was, I was working through something. I came up with, with a design, uh, that was like $40,000. And I was like, we could do this in a week. We could knock Mm -hmm. this out in a week. And, if we drag that out, usually what we look for revenue wise is about a hundred thousand dollars a month. That's like our, our ideal kind of target that we go for. If we can do a $40,000 job in one week, we could potentially do 160,000 in a month. Yeah. Which would be phenomenal. And the other thing about that is like, there's less 
moving parts to it. So even if you go over, say you, you schedule five days for it, say you get to six, maybe seven on some of those, it's not throwing you off like that much where one big project, a couple little miscalculations or oversights can push you out weeks. Yeah. So I just, I think it's, it's something that um, I want to put out there that we're going to take on a couple smaller jobs this year. Yeah. Because they're also fun to like, you know, transform a backyard in one week. Yeah, it definitely is. And there's no better satisfaction than like finishing a job and leaving. Like that day is so rewarding. And I feel like when you do those those days, yeah, (laughs) when we do these long projects by the end, we're just like, oh God, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, So if you do those and you have more of those good days, that is, that is quite nice. The only thing that ever worries me about those small jobs is like right now we're waiting on a countertop and I hate, you know, when we're like, okay, we're wrapped up on this job. It only took us five days, but now we have to wait for a countertop. We're going to go start something else. And then like they bleed together more. That's yeah. like the bleed period is a little bit. Yeah. It like, you know, you go in with the best of intentions and you're like, we're going to get done in five days. But then it like still kind of, you know, lingers a little yeah. because there's some kind, there's uncontrollables no matter what. So. Yeah. I think with, especially with those smaller projects, you have to eliminate some of those variables, like where you're bringing in subs yeah. or things like that, that you have less control over. The biggest thing to contend with on those smaller projects is inspections because like you don't have that much like to do there. So like the day that you schedule your framing inspection for is really important because like if you go there day one, you got your helical bottles installed, you start framing, like you need the day that that framing inspection is really important because it could really hold you up on a bigger project. It's like we got a bunch of other stuff to do. You know, we can, we can stay very busy even if we have to wait like two or three days for this framing inspection so mm-hmm. that's the one thing that you really need to be conscious of and like make sure that you're scheduling these things out in advance and planning it because that can be like a big bind on a small project definitely what are some other definitely. positives on a small project um hmm i feel like when you on small projects when like we use we always like to do something fun and creative and new and challenging and all that kind of stuff yeah and I think with smaller projects those things like obviously don't overcommit and do a bunch of them at once but like if you choose one thing it like really stands out and I think that that makes like a really um it's fun to do one of those things at a time you know like when we overcommit and we do so many on a new job then it becomes overwhelming and it's like yeah oh god we committed to too much like what are we doing but then if on these smaller jobs, if you do one at a time, you can really like dive into that thing, hone into it and really make that a feature. So I think that that's, that's a fun little element to it. True. And when you, I mean, if you're really trying to just be like pure profit and you cut all of that out, then, then the profit's fun. But you know, for us, (laughs) usually we like to at least do one thing that's like, yeah, because it's not all about the cheddar. It's It's partially partially about about the cheddar. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and when you pick those interesting details to do on a smaller project, it's a smaller project. So if you do like a really cool inlay or design or privacy wall or like whatever that thing is, it's on a smaller project. So Mm -hmm. like even if it takes longer than expected because like you're trying something new, it's it's small. It's still small. (laughs) Yeah, it's still small. So it's not like, you know, on the, the, uh, what do we call that project? The... Biggest deck we ever did. We did mm. first time trying a concrete countertop and it was like 60 square feet. It was 
enormous. Yeah. Looking back, if we wanted to try a concrete countertop, we should have done it on a, <laughs> you know, a 10 square foot yeah. uh, kitchen. Yeah. Same thing on that project we did for the first time ever. Gigantic boulder walls slash borders. Yeah. And we had like nine pallets that were each like 5,000 pounds. It was like the most ridiculous amount of stone boulders to use on a project when you've never done it before and you don't really have the right equipment and like you're figuring it out as you go. So things like that, I always like to do new things, but sometimes on a really big project, it's like whatever that new thing is, it's going to be a lot of that new thing. So that's one of the really cool things about smaller projects. Um, Why don't we do now a really cool thing about bigger project and I'll do the same. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess with bigger projects, I like not feeling rushed. And you can, when you do those special features and you're learning something new, you can take your time and make sure that you're really yeah, honing your skill and your craft rather than worrying about like, and I, th- I, I say that because we're like the, we're the special projects team. You oh, and I. Yeah. So, so usually when there is something, it's the two of us working on it and we really can like, yeah, take the time to learn whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. Um. And I just, you know, it's nice to not feel like super rushed. Yeah. Because we, we know we have time, but then that's a double-edged sword because you're... Oh, you know, absolutely. We, <laughs> of course it is. You get you lulled into a sense yeah. of security. There's nothing better than like you're on an eight-week project like week two. Because <laughs> so week, w- week one is just like everything goes fast. You're framing. Yeah. You're seeing things come together. <laughs> and then that week two, you're like, you know, you have still have so much yeah. time on the project. You did so much <laughs> in, a, in one week. You know, you really feel like, oh, we can kind of like uh, relax a little bit. And then like the <laughs> next week, so it's like, true. oh, God, <laughs> we need to get to work. But uh, there is always like that feeling of like, ah, uh, there's no like the start of the job is always stressful. The end of the job is always mm-hmm. stressful. Like like before the middle of the project, like that 25, 30 percent completion part. That's the best time. Yeah. You don't have to think about getting the next job ready quite yet. You're just, you're just living and it's just, glorious. Yeah. Just, just not out a care here in living. the world until the yeah. next week. Until the next week where you're like, I really, <laughs> I should have gotten started on that yeah. last week. But hey, all comes in ebbs and flows. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So a really cool thing about bigger projects that I'll say is you can, you know, when you, when you do try something new on a, bigger project it makes such a bigger statement and you get those like portfolio pieces not only to show other people what you're capable of but really to show yourself like wow like this project turned out amazing it was a huge undertaking we had all of these things that we had to persevere through and we stayed focused on it It took us eight weeks ten weeks whatever it was and now it's done. And look at this. Like we built this gigantic project that is so cool. Mm-hmm. So many details. We did this. Here's the pictures of it. Yeah. There's nothing more satisfying than the day that you go, you take the picture after a huge project and then you can like start to edit them and, and touch them up and, and just see like, wow. Yeah. This is, this is what all the hard work was for. Yeah. That's what a smaller project, you don't, you don't have like that, I guess, like as much of an attachment, like there wasn't as much work that went into it. So it's like 
on a bigger project, there's there's times where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe like, what did we get ourselves into? It makes it that much more worth it when you see that final picture. Yeah. That's my favorite part. Yeah. That's nice. I hadn't thought about it like that. Thank you. Um, I think that it's nice to be, I mean, obviously, I would say that even our big projects are like some people's like middle of the road projects. Oh, you yeah. know, like there's certainly bigger projects than what we do. But I think it's nice moving from, Definitely. you know, most people start off with small projects as you did and then move into the bigger projects. And I think when you're doing those smaller projects at first, you're constantly thinking like, God, I should be doing these big, like, how do I get these bigger projects? What do I do? Like, you always have that like goal in mind. And then once you move to the bigger projects, it's kind of nice that we've done those bigger projects. Now we've really taken some risks with the projects that we would do. We're on the other side of that now. And we can kind of reflect on like, I mean, we still do both. So yeah, we'll still do whatever, but you can kind of reflect and pick and choose and be like, okay, this is what I want to get myself into now that I have all of this knowledge to better make a better informed decision about like what I'm getting into. I know what I'm getting into. I know my profits. I know my timelines. Yeah. Um, it's kind of nice being on that side to be able to be like, Hmm. Okay. Maybe we should go back to a couple smaller projects. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. <laughs> and you know what I'd say? something to think about <laughs> it's definitely something to think about but uh yeah there there's this allure of these big projects like yeah. it's cool to be like oh i'm doing a two hundred thousand dollar project or a three hundred thousand dollar project and that is cool like in a certain sense like it's cool to work your way up to that because mm-hmm. when i first started like i remember the first like job that i got that wasn't like landscaping was building a fence for somebody and it was actually sarah's parents neighbor Mm-hmm. And it was six thousand dollars was the price for this PVC picket fence, and I remember they gave me a check for three thousand dollars before I'd even started, and I was like, "This is insane! <laughs> this is absolutely insane! I've never seen this much money in my whole life." <laughs> and now to be doing some projects that are like well beyond two hundred thousand dollars, like yeah. in just like eight years, I guess, like it's still pretty crazy. And there is that allure of the bigger project. And I think everybody that starts out with smaller projects wants to, thinks they want to get to that point. And it's cool to be able to do that. But, you know, sometimes you got to like pull yourself back and be like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. But like, that doesn't have to be the final goal and doesn't have to be everything that you do because, you know, you step back and look at it and it's like, okay, there are a lot of kind of nice things about these smaller projects. Like Mm. they're definitely it's so much easier to be profitable on them and be like, sure. There's just less variables. So like, it's so much easier to like, be sure that you're going to be profitable and like know what you're getting into versus a huge project where like uncovering one thing could add, you know, an extra week to the job. Yeah. So I think there is that allure and, and it's cool and it's great. It's something very, I think like, I think it's cool for people to strive towards that when they're getting started, but like don't necessarily have that as like, that is the benchmark of like, I've made it or I'm cool because I've done this because there's always going to be people doing way bigger projects than you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you'll find like, I like doing these smaller projects better. Like it's just more fun. It's more manageable. You know, I get to see that finished picture quicker. I get to see the transformation and, uh, so I think that's what I think that's what I want to do this year. Mix in a couple of those because I still love the big projects. Yeah. I love All right, the let big me projects. ask you this. Yes, 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 please. Let's say 
yes. tomorrow, a client approaches us. Yes. Their budget is $800,000. They have a home that looks like a Frank Lloyd Wright house. It's a gorgeous home. It's an $800,000 project. They want everything. They want a lazy river through it. They want just a multi-tiered deck with a multi-tiered patio, everything. Everything is fancy, and they're, they've got the budget to do everything. You spec it out. You think it's going to take like six months. Would you take that job knowing that it's going to be a portfolio builder or would you pass on? Yes. It? You would? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> like, I mean, okay. You know, yeah. Because that's like something that like doesn't come around that often. $800,000 project. Somebody that's like really knows what you do and is like, I know that you could do something crazy for 800 grand. Mm-hmm. Here's the checkbook. I'd have to really, really be careful that planning out an 800,000 dollar project estimating 6 months that it doesn't ag- end up taking a year or more because yeah. it easily could because the other thing is you don't have like a point of reference of like <laughs> you've never done a project that big so it's right. hard to know it's hard to know how long it's going to take so it's a lot of it's kind of a guess but yeah i mean if you know somebody was like yeah i want to spend 800 grand uh you can kind of do whatever you want run with it yeah definitely but I'm not going to sit here and say that that would be more profitable than doing 20, 50, wait, how many, uh, 16, $50,000 jobs. That math works out, right? 16 times 50 is 800,000. Yeah. Yeah. But in six months, there's more than 16 weeks. But I was basing that on $40,000. <laughs> Whatever it is. Whatever. Yeah, that's my point. We could get those done quicker. We could do yeah. those in four months versus six months. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. You get what I'm saying. You <laughs> right, get what I'm saying. Right, right. But yeah, that would be a crazy opportunity because like at the end of the day, I want to do what is going to like produce the coolest thing. Yeah. And I haven't, we haven't gotten the opportunity to do an $800,000 project. That would be sick. That would be sick. Yeah. God, but being a... On a job for six months would be Oh, like, be horrible. <laughs> yeah. That would be torture. But at least you'd have like that that lull during the whole entire like two month. Like yeah, the second true. month, you'd yeah. be like, oh, we still so got five comfy. months to go. Yeah, Look how much we already got done. <laughs> Let's take it, take it, take it early today. <laughs> um, yeah. No, but I think, I think that would be, would be cool. We'd have to hire in some, we'd have to get some hired guns in there, you know, bring in some more helpers. You think? Probably, yeah. Otherwise, okay. everyone would probably quit. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> it would definitely take longer than six months. Like whatever, <laughs> whatever it was estimated, it would a project like that would go over because, yeah. like, I would I have a bad habit of, you know, when there's when there's that much in the project, I'm like, it's just I don't I don't like the the final profit has not ever been like the most live or die thing for me. So it's like, oh, we've got all this money in this job. Like, <laughs> we can do something cooler. Yeah. And that's what makes it fun for me. And I never want to lose that. But that can get dicey on a humongous project. <laughs> that can get out of hand So real, real fast. it probably would on a project <laughs> like that. But I think it would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let you know if anybody contacts us for one of those. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, all right. Well, do you have anything else you want to say about big and small jobs? Or do you want to move on to our f- absolute failure in marketing? <sighs> You're excited to hear what it is. I, I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay. <laughs> uh, do I have anything else to say? I'd say 
you know, just, just evaluate kind of like where your business goals are and, and like your project goals, because, you know, if you build cool stuff and you're, you're doing a good job at what you do, like the projects are just inevitably going to get bigger and cooler and better. But, uh, I don't know. This week I've been kind of been thinking it'd be really nice, not only for uh, like creativity wise to do some smaller projects and like, you know, mm-hmm. just try out some cool details on something smaller, but also like morale wise. It's yeah. so nice to like, you know, go from a big project that maybe takes takes eight weeks to like, all right, this next one, it's a one weeker, like we're going to get in and out. Yeah. Because sometimes it's it's hard to go from a job that's like eight weeks to the next one's 10 weeks. It, it can yeah. be like, oh man, that was like such a grind on that last one. Here we go again. Yeah. So I think that would be, that would be like the ideal way I would like to set things up is like big project, smaller project, big project, smaller project. That would be nice. Something to think about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let us know what you, what everybody thinks out there. Yeah. A lot of people have been in the business a while, probably already have thoughts about this. They've, yeah. they've done bigger projects and I know a lot of really successful people that are like, I don't like the big projects. Mm-hmm. We we knock out these smaller projects and man, we get it. We got it down. Mm-hmm. But I think people just getting into it, it's always like the allure of the big projects. Definitely. When you haven't done them yet, that is like the goal. Yeah, for sure. So something to think about. Yeah. Anyway, what do we got next? Our failure. Our huge failure. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Absolutely massive. Whoever's in charge of our internet presence should be ashamed. Oh. Yeah, terrible. No. <laughs> we all should. All right, so we, is this one of the, I feel like you're gonna set this up like you know when you go to look up a recipe on the internet and it's like you're like all I want is a recipe and then it's a person that says like like a, a twenty life story pa- <laughs> 20 before they finally up. get to the information. Yeah. yeah, is that what you're gonna do? <laughs> you know, I do love when I have a captive audience <laughs> and I like to drag things yeah. out. So uh, yes, that's precisely what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so we're a company that I'd say prides itself on internet presence and being, you know, up with the times and, you know, we're doing the social medias and we're doing the little videos and whatever. We're all over the internets. All over there. (laughs) Uh, LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, so it's easy to kind of like get lulled into a sense of security there where, you know, you think you're you're doing great. (laughs) It might be. This is the principal's office. Oh, God. You're in trouble. <laughs> and, you know, you can, sometimes it's hard to like step out of that world that you've kind of created online content wise mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and be like, what's like the first thing that somebody's going to see if they find us? Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. When somebody just, you know, gets a recommendation and maybe does a little Google. Uh huh. What's going to come up? Our website? A website will probably come up, but <laughs> what's one of the first things that always comes up on Google? Uh, Google, whatever that's called. Google pages. Google, my Google. Google, my Google. <laughs> I'm, star- I'm, starting to, I'm starting to see where the, where the issue is arising from. <laughs> <laughs> what is that called? I think it's called Google My Business or like something like that. Oh, you don't know either. What? You don't know either? No, it is. It's Google... Oh. I'm not totally, I think it's Google My Business. But anyway, you know, like the when you Google search something. The page, yeah, like the, yes. Yeah, the the page, the thing where the you can do the page. reviews. <laughs> you can do like the Google reviews there. Right, yeah. Yeah, you search anything, a restaurant near me. It's going to pop right. up those things with the five choices or whatever. Yeah. That is like probably if somebody Googles us. Oh, I know what you're going to say. What is it? The pictures are so old. The pictures are so <laughs> old. <laughs> I don't know how to fix that. 
Yeah, I'm not really sure either. <laughs> I didn't look into it yet, but like I didn't either. But I I can. just thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> that is true though. Those pictures are like they're original so old. Pictures. They're, they're so literally old. like most. I think there might be a almost all the pictures are from one project, <clears throat> and they're from 2015. Yeah, it's the I most just, recent one. I don't know where those pictures live. Like I don't know where those pictures even are anymore. Uh, they're in the Google My Business, <laughs> whatever. I don't know where they're pulling them from, though. Yeah, we got to look into that. I'm sure it's not that complicated, but uh, that's something I noticed. I noticed it a while ago and then just like kind of like, oh, we should, you know, we got to mm-hmm. update those and then kind of forgot about it and then thought about it more recently again. And I'm like, you know, not that we necessarily need more leads, but like, I think it's always, you know, we always preach this thing of like, you always want to have more leads than you yeah. can handle. So you can be in the driver's seat. And you know, you don't want to lo- like we want to be on the end of sifting through the leads, not like them sifting through themselves. So we should, yeah, we should be putting our best foot forward, and we should have the most yeah. current, wonderful pictures. Yeah, absolutely. And every option, necess- like you know, out that's out there. Yeah, Yelp, freaking BBB, Better Business Bureau. Do we have a Yelp? Uh, I think everyone has a Yelp. That's just like something that gets created. Hmm. I think we do have like one review on there. Two reviews on there. Huh. Good good? Yeah. Okay. But they're from like 2014 or 15 or something like that. Mm. 2015 probably. But anyway, I just thought that that was like, you know, it's, it's not something that we should beat ourselves up about. Okay. Unless you want to. A little. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a little bit, but, uh, you know, I think it's just telling and it's like you can never like have a full grasp on doing every single thing completely perfect because we really we pride ourselves on our internet presence and you know like we get a lot of people through social media that contact us and through our website we're, we're always updating our website photos and making sure that our website is like a tool for us to sift through people and pre-qualify people so that if they end up getting to that contact page and messaging us They've read our whole thing about how much the projects typically cost. They have to buy a design, all of these things. So we really pride ourselves on like thinking through all of these avenues of where people are going to find us, how they get to the next step, not just letting every single lead come through. We want them to pre-qualify themselves, but a really big one is Google My Business yeah, or whatever it's called. Google something. Google my business sounds right now. I, I think, think it's right. I think you're right. we'll just go with that at well, least yes. for now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that for now. And, uh, you know, I looked it up and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> these pictures are so old. It's, and it's insane. not even that they're so old. They have like filters on them that make them look like very specific. No, to it a time. is also that they're so old. Well, they're old. And they were taken on my phone. Like, yeah, they look like. It's, it was a nice project that they're from. Yeah. Like, it's beautiful, but it's like, it does have filters on them. So it looks like, you know, in like 2016, when everyone was putting those like crazy filters on their Instagram photos, yeah. everything was like a little bit sepia toned and like the resolution was sepia. Yeah. What's the alternative? Don't know. Sepia? I don't know. I never said it out loud. I've always seen it. Oh, I think it's sepia. Sepia. Oh, I've always said it. Sepia. Um, but it very much makes those pictures look like they are from a point in time that is a long time ago. It's like a time ago. capsule, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, that project was cool. That was like the first project that like 
I remember I did that project for the pictures. Yeah. That's one. I've talked about that project a lot. We charged like $36,000 for it by the end of it. And it took us like 10 weeks, 12 <laughs> weeks. I don't know. Materials were probably like $20,000. It was insane. But we didn't have anything else going for us at the time. And I was like, these people are just going to let me do my thing. They're on board with all the ideas. This is their budget. We ended up going over a little bit. Like I ended up saying like, all right, like, we got like 50 pallets of like stacked stone walls. We need more. I need you guys to at least pay for the material. It was, it was like ridiculously cheap, but those projects or those pictures turned out amazing. And I probably uploaded them right after I got them. And yeah. I was so excited to like, wow, these are on, now these are on Google. They're on yeah. Google, my business. And that project got us so many more projects, but it's crazy. All the really, really cool projects that we've done since then are not on there. Yeah. And, uh, Hey, it's an oversight that, that we, you know, kind of missed. We saw and then we forgot and then we missed again. But uh goes to show you, you can always be improving. True, true. So while you're cooking up those eggs, I need you to fix that this weekend. <laughs> Will do. It'll be done by Monday. <laughs> Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not kidding about the eggs, though. I do want to report on that. I want to see how they are. But uh, what do you... What, what do you, do you can can you pull a little lesson from that? What do you what do you pull from that? Do you just beat yourself up and move on? I think that's the yeah, battered think that's and, and yeah. beaten down. I want to. I I beat myself like a little little beaten dog in the corner. That's so sad. <laughs> that's like such no, a sad mental that, picture. Yeah, it is. It's actually. less sad to just picture you beating up yourself. <laughs> Why'd you have to bring a sad little dog into it? It's terrible. Um, I think that no matter how hard anybody tries, they cannot simply cannot be on top of absolutely every little thing. And yes. uh, I think that we have gotten our leads in other ways. So that has gotten, gone by the wayside, the Google My Business. Yeah. And if and if in any area we were lacking, that's the area I would have chosen. Like if we had to be lacking in some sort of area, yeah. probably would have been that. So I'm, I'm not that worried about it. Um, and you can't be on top of everything all of the time, no matter how hard you try. So yeah, I, I will fix it. I will fix it. And now that I'm aware of it, I will, I will certainly make a note of it and fix it. But you know, yeah, you can't be on at top some of other time. Everything. Yeah. At some other time we're going to drop some other ball and then we will, we'll, we'll realize it and we'll say, okay, let's fix this. And then we'll fix it. And then it's going to happen again. That's until true. We die. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, you know, it's Google my business, but we were kind of treating it like Google none of your business. <laughs> You know, really kind of just like not showing anyone yeah. what we had done in the last seven years. So something to think about. And what you were just talking <laughs> about with, um, I think this will be a good segue into our next segment. Uh, you know, that guy that, uh, I forget what his name is, but he wears the, uh, breathe right trip all the time in the videos. You know, he's like the new motivational guy or whatever. He's got the long mm -hmm. hair, Alex. Oh, her, 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 yeah, her, her, her Malsy. Yeah, I don't something know. like that. Something, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. He's got that. He's always wearing a baseball. He's yep. always wearing a hat kind of like this, but he's got the long hair. He's always wearing the Breathe the Right strip. Didn't notice the Breathe the Right strip, but yeah. How? <laughs> How? I don't, I'm not a consumer of his content, but continue. Okay. Um, I, oh, it's just, you know, on one hand, I, so I saw this, this video. He's got like zillions of, of videos where he's just, you know, they're all kind of, I don't want to say they're all the same. I don't want to belittle what he's doing because he's very successful. But, you know, he's just the, the new like macho, like hustle culture, like got to grind out, be a man and like, you know, do all this stuff, strive for excellence. And he's, he said, 
starting a business is like getting kicked in the nuts and then getting kicked in the nuts again and again. And And it was something like that. And he just kept saying it. I'm like, I get, I get what he's, what he's trying to say. Yeah. I get that. And like, I say that too. Like you're always going to run into problems (laughs) and like, you're never going to have everything figured out. Once you think you have it figured out, something else is going to come up. But like, I, I feel like there's this like weird culture around business where it's like cool to make it sound like it's the most torturous thing in the world. Oh, of course. People love being a victim. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> not even being a, like, I don't think he's trying to be a victim, but it's like, I'm so tough. It's like, I've been getting, getting kicked in the nuts for seven years straight. It's like, I get where you're going with that, but it just seems like it's a little excessive of a <laughs> metaphor. I don't know. I just, and it's it, like, you just follow these, like, I don't follow that guy, but like you scroll and, you know, you get on some of these feeds and it's just like, everyone's just trying to act like the toughest person that's ever existed. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like exhausting to watch. It's like, <laughs> we need some more people to just be like, you know what? Owning a business is cool. It's fun. It's tough. You got to solve a lot of problems, but it's not like getting kicked in the nuts six <laughs> zillion times. Like, come yeah, on. I feel like it doesn't need to be such a metaphor where it's like, like that, where it's like, it's the hardest thing. You're, it's going to harden you as a person. It's like, well, actually not for nothing. You chose it. And yeah. it's kind of a nice lifestyle. Yeah, it's hard, but like the whole choose your hard thing, everything is hard. True. Being overweight is hard. Eating correctly and exercising every day is also hard. You choose your hard. So if yeah. you're going to choose your, you know, you chose to be a business owner and you What's can choose to do mean? things right. What? The being overweight and not working out. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not at all. A little self-conscious. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, getting back, I'm getting back to my workout thing. Don't, don't That's worry. That's just but. what people always say when they say choose yeah, your heart. I know. I know. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like, yeah, being a business owner, probably incredibly hard, but it's not like the most torturous thing yeah. that's ever happened to a person. Like, yeah, come on. There's worse things in the world than owning your own business. Yeah. There's got to be. I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't own my own business, but it seems like there's there's probably worse things out there. I'm basically like being, I'm carrying the cross for you. <laughs> I am, I've basically died for your sins as a business owner. I'm just over here getting kicked in the nuts constantly. Over and over and over, over again. And over and over. <laughs> but, you ne- but you never you know lose you the sensitivity. You always smile on your face. Exactly. <laughs> If you can get kicked in the nuts over and over and over and still <laughs> smile, you got it figured out. But anyway, I just, uh, that stuff just kind of gets. But what's with the breathe right strip? Why? Uh, that's he the thing. He can't breathe? I'm, I'm kind of pissed about. Maybe because you should go see a, you know. Breathe right strips. <laughs> I love breathe right strips. Absolutely love breathe right strips. They're amazing. I got a messed up nose or something. Maybe a, I don't know. A deviated septum? Possibly. I don't know. I, I just, I can't breathe real good through my nose. Love breathe right strips. But now it's like his thing. And I feel like he kind of like, you know. Did you have a plan of wearing them out in public? Or? No, but I, you know what? But you wanted I, the option? I guess I'm just jealous of his courage. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Okay. I'm jealous of his courage to just rock it. And it's like. Uh, I, think you, I think you should just go to a doctor at that point. If you have such trouble breathing that you need to wear one all day, every it's day. It's not like trouble breathing. It's just go to like. a doctor. Have you ever worn one? No. I don't have any trouble breathing. I've never thought in my life like, wow. If only I had this sticker on my nose. <laughs> oh my life. Well, yeah, you never think that until you have the sticker on your nose. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't know breathing could be like this. Everything's so open. 
Hmm. Try it out. Sarah just, says the I, same thing, though. I think she's got like a normal nose, and she's like, <laughs> it doesn't do anything for me. But for me, it's like, oh my god, I can, I can breathe. Is so it really, great. or is it just a placebo? It's a sticker on your skin. It's not moving anything in your nose. It's just yeah, it's the moving. Skin. Like, do this. I thought it was just this thing that goes across the bridge of your nose. Yeah, but it opens. How up. How is it pushing it, this? It opens up how, this. How? How is it pushing on that? Because it's like a spring almost. It's not just a piece of tape. It's got a, like a spring right. on it. So you put it here and I'm gonna it opens it I'm going to make the eggs. I'm going to fix the website and I'm also going to try breathe the right You definitely should. <laughs> you definitely should. But uh, yeah, because I, I, I also saw this other guy and he's like, he's popped up on my feet a couple of times. He's like this older guy, probably like maybe maybe early 50s or something. He's always wearing like tight, <laughs> tight joggers, and like mm-hmm. a tight shirt. He's got a bald head. And I think he specializes in like motivational sales coaching for car dealerships because like these like videos (laughs) where he's like going into this like used car dealership and it's obviously like this guy that's working there that just like doesn't have a care in the world (laughs) and like his boss hired this guy to come in and motivate his his employee and he's like how many cars did you sell last month one how do you go home feeling like a man (laughs) you gotta be so ashamed of yourself and he's just like it's like so Aww. aggressively, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, I feel like you can get your point across by just like <laughs> being like, hey, I think you'd be a little happier. If, you know, I'm going to give you some tools to really <laughs> help you. Why does it always have to be like this whole like hyper alpha male thing? You know, <laughs> this is a great segue to the book we just read. It is exactly. <laughs> so uh, anyway, because <sighs> I feel like the real alpha males, they don't need to say it. True. You feel it when they're there. That's what people say about me. So <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the book we read extreme ownership, extreme ownership. See, I said this was going to be a good segue. It was it, perfect. Right? It was perfect. So, all right. So I have to take extreme. I have to take extreme ownership. I did not finish reading this book. I, uh, way to go. Way to, yeah, way to yeah, use the lessons yeah. from the title. I, uh, planned on reading the, last of it last night and I had a bit of a family emergency so I was not able to finish the book however I did not want to finish it anyway (laughs) this is not my type of book I did not resonate at all with it um so the book is by Jocko Jocko Willink and Jocko Willink and Leif yeah and they're Navy SEALs former former Navy SEALs and the whole book is about like um leadership and what, what did they say? Duck and cover or whatever. Cover and... Cover and move. Cover and move. And like they they relate everything to the military, which I feel like that, like like really rigid militant leadership has a role in the military and then not really out in the, in the real world. Well, I don't know about that. So oh, <laughs> let me let me lay it out. The, the format of the book, okay, if you ahead. haven't read it, is uh, it's like a war story. Yeah the principle from that war story mm-hmm. and the application to business. Yeah. So like each section is, is kind of segmented into those three parts and starts off with a war story about the war in Iraq and yes. their experiences in there. And, uh, I see, I, I think I, I know, I see where you're going with that and I see how you could feel that way. But I do think that there are a lot of corollaries between, you know, like, being a leader in the military versus being a leader wherever you are. 
whether it's like you're the leader of a Girl Scout <laughs> troop or or a <laughs> Fortune 500 company. Yeah. No, a leader's a leader. And yeah, so I, I do think that, you know, whatever that, that takeaway is from the war story, it's obviously like the most extreme example that you could have because it literally is life <clears throat> or death. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like it like belittles what the Navy SEALs have done. Like if you take, like... They are elite. They are, what they do is like so out of the norm and so elite and so like just big and grandiose and like what they're able to accomplish is absolutely amazing. And to like, to maybe this, maybe this is a hot take, but like to dumb it down to use as like a metaphor for like somebody working in a corporate office just seems like so like belittling to me. I, I, maybe that, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't find that inspiring at all. I feel like those war stories can be just standalone war stories that are like, wow, that is incredible that these people were able to accomplish that. And that's wonderful for them. But like to be like, you, you need to take this and cover and move. And you know, Brandy and accounting isn't going to let you just walk <laughs> over. Like It just seems, I just cannot. When I you just, put it like that. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, I, so the cover and move one, I think there there were some, I think that resonated with me more than others. And I don't, I don't think it's belittling to what they do, but the one thing that I like the like whole, like, you know, training like a Navy SEAL and like, there is like this culture of like, oh, like, I don't know, like, like faking that, like these people are like training for life or death situations. Yeah. Like you know, putting their lives on the line to go into war to do the most like insane, extreme, high demanding thing that you could possibly imagine. And then like going to like train with a Navy SEAL or like do this stuff to like almost play pretend to get some sort of like lesson out of it. That seems like almost like, I don't know, I don't know, uh, not belittling to, to, I feel like it just, it doesn't have like the the seriousness. I feel like it takes the seriousness out of what they are actually doing. Yeah. Like they are literally like, I don't know. You, you go into like a camp or whatever, or reading a Navy, like how to live like a Navy SEAL. Like you can't, I think that like when it comes to that, you should just be like, they're Navy SEALs. I shouldn't, I shouldn't try to be like a Navy SEAL because yeah. if I want to try to do that, I'll go be a Navy SEAL and try to get through all the insane training. And like, yeah. I feel like it, it kind of trivializes it a little bit. Yeah. Like, and, and, and take some like respect out of what they actually do a little bit. Yeah. So I think that I, with any of these books that we read, I think that every person finds motivation in different ways. And I think that there's True. definitely a subset of people that would read this book and find it like wildly inspirational and this would motivate them. And that is wonderful. And everyone has different motivators and, and you just got to find your motivator and then pick it and go with it. But for me, this book is like cosplaying, like not, not too manly. It's just like, like there, you know, I think there's female women didn't, is there female women in the... <laughs> I think there's female women in the military. No, um, I just... Th this stuff, like, rubs me the wrong way. And I think it was in... It started off right in the beginning when they were talking about, like, um, like between Vietnam and, like, 9-11, there was, like, no active combat. So yeah. they were basically saying, like, 
oh, these people didn't even know anything because they weren't in active combat for so long. Like, what did they know? And then we finally came around and we learned everything. And like, it just felt so like, like macho, like, what did they even know? They were in the military, but they didn't know as much as we know. And it just seemed so, uh, hmm. I, I don't even know the word for it because it's not like macho. It, I guess it's macho, but like, it's just, it's just not for me. It's not my cup of tea, but that's, that's fine. But you still support our troops, right? <laughs> of course I support our okay, troops. Okay, let's I, get that out of the way. I would love for them to not have to be doing all the things that they do, but I think yeah. that it's, uh, you know, they do, like, the Navy SEALs accomplish amazing things, and you have to, like, go through these absolutely insane tests of, of strength and, and Mental you know, fortitude. Yeah. Yeah. And when I lived in Alabama, there was, like, a very strong military presence down there. Like, when I went to college, it was, like, very you just knew a ton of people that were in the military, like choosing that as their career, blah, blah, blah. And it was always a very prideful thing. And it wasn't something you, you didn't brag about all the things you did. You did them because you wanted to help and you loved your country. And it wasn't about you. It was about bettering the whole. And I feel like books like this, like take that away from those kinds of people that are like, I am doing this not because I want to, but because I, I want to make sure that this country is, is good and safe and, it's not about me. It's about the country and bettering us and, you know, not an army of one situation or whatever. And these yeah. books kind of take it into like some sort of like weird selfish realm that's braggadocious. And, and it just, maybe I'm just looking at it as like part of the whole of these like types of books. But I did, I read David Goggins books and I, I was reading those while I was running and I did find those, like I liked those. Yeah. Well, he also doesn't really talk about, they're not like war stories. They're just like, it's just like, I feel like that's more like a, his personal journey, yeah. Yeah. which is, which is a little different, I guess. But yeah, same kind of, uh, same kind of genre, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I feel like you've really put it in a different light for me when you're like, yeah, <laughs> Brandy is accounting. <laughs> you got to cover and move. Yeah. It just seems like a little Brandy's little not going to have your six if she doesn't know. <laughs> But uh, all right, a couple of things that I do really, uh, that I really like from the book. I mean, first off, the war stories, they're, they're fascinating. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to like, like, thank God there's people like that, that like will put their lives on the line mm -hmm. to like go somewhere and like, you know, whatever your, your opinions of the wars are, whatever, like people, you know, they're not choosing to necessarily go there, but they're they chose to enlist in the military and like fight for our country. And there's like some really bad people out there. I don't want to get too involved in, you know, the, the politics of it or whatever. Cause I don't know, but like, I'm glad there's people that are this brave that are willing to do that. Cause I couldn't do that. Right. I'd be so scared. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to front and be like, Oh, I could do that. Like, no, I'd be, that sounds horrifying. Like it sounds so terrifying. Yeah. And so that part is like super interesting and it's, it, it's an exciting book from that perspective. I think there are a ton of really great leadership points in it. Um, mm. But they do lose me in some of those spots where it's like, so I was telling, you know, I, I'm just imagining if he's here giving us like a leadership thing and he's like, you know, well, what did Ant do when you, when you told him to do that? Oh yeah. Well, that's cause you know, he doesn't think that uh, you got his six or, you know, <laughs> like, you know, when I was in, uh, the urban combat zone and and oh, we did this we had a rocket launcher <laughs> i feel like that part i, I do kind of have a disconnect <laughs> at some points but some of the leadership points i think are 
great. And yeah. one of them is there's two types of leaders, effective and ineffective. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you boil it down like that. And then it's like, and that kind of ties into the extreme ownership part of it. Like you could look at yourself as a leader in a lot of different ways, but at the end of the day, it's, are you effective or ineffective? If you're ineffective, you need to recognize it, take extreme ownership of the things that you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. No matter what anyone's perspective is or job position or title, like I think everyone's first reaction is always to look outside of themselves to put the blame somewhere else. You know, if it's a situational thing or a economic thing or it's this person in HR is just a jerk or whatever it is. Like I think instinctually that's our first go-to and you kind of have to like take yourself out of that purposefully and say, you know what? There, there are a lot of things that I did wrong here that I need to change because in the end I'm the leader or I need to take ownership of this. Even if I'm not the highest in command, like I still, you know, I need to take ownership of this part of the blame. And Mm -hmm. that ultimately lends you to look at the things that you could do better because that's what you can control. And a lot of times when you do that, you take extreme ownership of the things that you did wrong. It doesn't look, it doesn't have make people look at you in a lesser way. A lot of times it'll gain a lot of respect from those people. And you're like, I messed up. It was my fault. I should have done this. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it reminded me a lot of how to win friends and influence people. When you come out and say, I'm owning this, like that was my mistake. People are more likely to be like, no, you know, like, Hey, I had a part in this too. Yeah. Whereas if you're like, it was your fault. (laughs) You're the reason we have those old pictures on on Google, my business. You'd be like, well, Hey, you might get defensive. Yeah. So I do. I I, I love that point. Yeah. If I could, I'll say a nice thing, and I do really appreciate that sentiment of the extreme ownership part of it. Yeah. I think for me, another thing about it is, like, it's hard for me to, like, I think if you're in that, like, world, and you're going to war, and you have to fight the enemy, and you have to kill people, like, I feel like you kind of have to have, like, a bit of a... you have to be desensitized to that a little bit Mm -hmm. but like that's hard for me to kind of wrap like when they're like yeah and we pounded them and we you know we brought the thunder and you know I feel like hey no matter who you're killing like you're still killing somebody and like I understand that sometimes like that might be necessary in certain situations but like that's that's a little bit like it's hard to like be like oh hell yeah they just killed like 15 people or whatever I get it. Like, you know, they have, like, if they don't kill those people, they're going to kill them. So I get it. But yeah, that is a little bit, that, that's a little bit hard for me to like, you know, really be like, oh, sick, man. You, even though I, you know, whatever. But yeah. So overall, what'd you think of it? I feel like we didn't really talk about like too many points out of the book. Like too many takeaways. I don't really feel like I have any takeaways. Okay. Okay. I mean, I like the concept of like before we even read this book, which you read this book a while ago. Yeah. And that's what you would always talk about, like the extreme ownership aspect of it. And I like, I do like that. Like looking for fault in yourself before, before like placing blame on others. Yeah. Love that. I'll throw, I'll throw one more, one more point out there. So another part of the book is prioritize and execute. 
And obviously when you're in a war situation and there's 50 different variables going on, what? I just, it just feels so silly to me. Cause when you say stuff like this, I'm just thinking about like brandy and accounting and it's like, when you're in a war situation and you have to prioritize. <laughs> it just seems so silly, but well, I, think, I, I don't think it's like, you I don't know, think it's silly to prioritize and you know, I, 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 know. I like the two things can exist separately in my mind. Well, they're just saying from their experience, this is <laughs> where know, they I learned know, it. I know, I know. Yeah, keep going. Sorry, if, I want to interrupt. If it you works more. in that environment, it'll definitely work for branding and accounting. So I think I think yeah. it's okay, even more valid. Yeah. So prioritize and execute. <laughs> if Brandy from accounting is staring down your freaking face with a rocket propelled grenade, this is what you need to do. You need to prioritize and execute. No, like. In business, there's a million different things going on all the time. There's a lot of different problems. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things to tackle. And one of the most important things as a leader is to prioritize and then execute. So mm -hmm. that's something I think is probably my biggest weak point. I get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I hate when there's a million things going on. <laughs> I'm not good at it. I'm really not. So that's something, maybe that's why it jumped out to me the most. That's the biggest thing I need to work on is when there's a bunch of things going on, whether it's at work or at home or like just when I have a lot of things to do, it's hard for me to operate from mm -hmm. that place. So you got to just take it one thing at a time. I think that's my ADHD. I'm just like, oh God, I have 20 things to do. Let me do like 3% of this one. <laughs> Let me just like look at this one. Let me just get overwhelmed and walk around for a little bit. Um, that's something I could really take a lot from is prioritize the things that I need to get done, put them in order, and then say, okay, this is the most important thing I have to do. Let me tackle this now. Mm -hmm. And then go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But uh, I think that there are a lot of lessons. I think everyone should listen or re read this book and uh, decide for yourself. Yeah. Because I, I just like think I the overall thing of extreme ownership is... It's something we, we could all do a lot more of. Yes. Take more ownership of your situation. Everybody finds motivation in different things. This just was not it for me personally. But that doesn't mean that it won't be for somebody else. That's true. I don't mean to be a hater. But maybe a little bit. I'm not sure. Well. <laughs> all right. So I'm not going to give my number review because I didn't even finish this book. So I don't feel like that's fair. And maybe I will finish it and give it a review next week. But what's your number review? All right, I'm going to give it a, oh, this is a, this is a tough one. I'm going to, see, this might surprise you after. I feel like this is surprising myself. I'm going to give it an 8.1. Okay. Pretty high because. That's pretty high. I think there was, there was a lot of things that resonated in it for me uh, from like a, a principle standpoint. Mm -hmm. The prioritize and execute, like all the all these different things, the just the extreme ownership part of it. I, I I love that concept. There was a lot of little things like that that you can pull out of it, and it's just it's a quick listen for a long book. I think I I think this is a better book to listen to because it's them telling the stories themselves, and it's not only like you know just these these principles and how you can apply them. It's like there's a story aspect to it and it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's interesting to listen to like these war stories. Cause this is real. It happened in our lifetime. It's like, I remember, I know people that were in Iraq and Afghanistan fighting. So like to get a look into that, it's very fascinating. So 
from just like a a book perspective, I think it was really super interesting, went by really fast. And then in addition to that, you can pull out these, these, these applications that you can put in your own life. So I, I really like it. Um, yeah. I think okay. you really, your negativity on it really made me talk down on it. I liked it. Well, you're allowed to like it. I am. I have your permission. <laughs> yeah. right, thank you. All right. Well, what are we going to have next week? <clears throat> okay. So next week, let me pull it up because I already forgot the title. Um, we're going to listen to Be Useful by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. I love that. And uh, it's six hours on Audible, and it is narrated by Arnold himself. So That was the first question I asked. <laughs> I feel like I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to bring myself to listen to it if it wasn't narrated by him. Because I would just be trying to do that voice yeah, in my head yeah, the whole that, time. It would be distracting. It would be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, did you hear that uh, he's he's got a new movie coming out soon? Oh, no, does he? He does, yeah. <laughs> Him, Sylvester Stallone, and uh, Jason Statham are doing a movie about <gasps> wow. the classic composers. Oh, powerhouses. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So Sylvester Stallone <laughs> is going to be Beethoven. Uh, Jason Statham is going to be Mozart. Uh-huh. And uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger said, I'll be Bach. <laughs> So, <laughs> good one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you. Do you want to tell your other composer joke as well? My other composer <laughs> joke is, uh, what is Beethoven's favorite fruit? Banana. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good one, right? Good. Good, good, good. Good, good. <laughs> good, good, good. All right. Well, that's going to be our book for next week. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, hope, hopefully, uh, you know, you guys either read along, give us some input on that egg situation. Really want to hear about that. <laughs> Make sure you hit subscribe on this. Leave us a review, please. And yes. uh, all that good stuff. Once again, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that makes you feel uncomfortable every time I say it. It doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> it just seems like you're... Well, we do. You're so sincere. Like I am. We love you. Guys, we love you. Do you know the amount of rambling that we just did? <laughs> anyone that's still listening to this at this point got a special place in my heart so true very true till next time this has been the hard working <laughs> happy hour see you next week